0: Good day, and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, you well, know, the program's designed exactly for someone like me because you know there's a lot I don't understand. It doesn't necessarily have to be something soul shaking. Might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. Rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understand it. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest, Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. I have my questions. I'm sure that you have yours. You can send them in during the program anytime at let's talk at kfuo.org or you can call in during the program at 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area or toll free anywhere 800-730-2727. And I would like to remind you that this is our Share-a-thon. This is our big big fundraising one. And, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now. KFUO has been on the air since 1924. We are the oldest continually operating religious station in the United States. Wow. Just think about that. Pastor Lawrence, <laughs> yes. <laughs> welcome.
1: Yes. Did you say 1924? <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Wow. Wow. That's a long time. It is. And you uh, know, Pastor the funny Lawrence. thing
0: is, is that we have our, our license was signed. This is before the FCC was ever created, uh, when radio was actually under the control of the Commerce Department, and our license was actually signed by Kelvin Coolidge, who was the Secretary of Commerce at the time.
1: Wow, <laughs> that is wonderful. That is just wonderful. Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm glad this is this is happening. Um, you know, because at least we have this, uh, uh, program where we at least can hear the word of God in all its truth and purity, mm. um, and be, and be drawn to that gospel. Um, as we hear it,
0: that is so true, you know, especially, you know, we've got, a, I, I got an email the other day from, uh, from someone who said that, you know, religion really should be going along with what the public wants who said you know it, it's, it's about time that uh that the churches start recognizing what the what the what the people want what the what the uh society wants and my i i was just appalled by that you know, <laughs> you know the bible says right. what the bible says and i know a lot of churches now are a lot of uh, a lot of denominations are doing that. I mean, they're giving in to whatever popular will there is, what happens to be the social movement at that time. But the point is, the gospel never changes, and that's what right. we do here at KFuo.
1: Right, right. No, you're right. I mean, there is just so much, um, um, you know, pandering to to what uh, to what people desire, um, and trying to have them change the church to be more like the world rather than <laughs> use the church to call people out of the world. Absolutely. You know, I always like, uh, you know, the, the Greek word that is often translated church um, ecclesia has to do with the called out ones. Um, and it, re- it refers to the people that have been called out of the world. Um, so if we allow people to, make the church more like the world, and we we would be failing in our calling, which is to call people out of the world.
0: (laughs) Not to mention the fact, you know, the world has fallen into sin. You know, we don't... That it's the wrong way to go, uh, you know, and and it's the pure gospel, as as we have said many times on this program on this radio station. That's what this is about—a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. We stick to the Bible. We believe it is. It means what it says, and it is the inspired word of God. There's yeah. nothing. There's no other way to look at it.
1: Yeah, you know, another reason why you know I I am you know so appreciative of um, this ministry of the. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. You know, when I was a child um, in Jamaica, the the radio. Who would we hear on the radio? lot? we would hear Billy Graham. You know,
2: mm.
1: and uh, while his you know preaching was um, was so moving for a lot of people, the problem with it was that uh, at the end, what would he do? He would call you now to. Give your life to Christ, you know you sort of get that decision theology um that was so popular um even on the air and so with uh, with our radio program you're hearing not a decision theology but you're hearing the real theology um of the cross, and a couple of other things that that came to my mind as I you know thought about um radio ministry. Uh, When I was a child growing up in in Jamaica, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and uh, I never really heard the gospel in all its truth and purity until I came to America. You know, it was the first time when I came to America, I lived about four blocks from uh, a Missouri Synod Lutheran Church in New York. Um, I remember passing that church, going to school, and going home many times, but never went in. And uh, later on um, in life, I met the pastor of that church, a Reverend Jack Crippen. And uh, (laughs) it's always always funny that he said to me when we met, he said, "Um, uh, Catholics make good Lutherans, And I go, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he gave me a copy of, uh, of Luther's catechism, and uh, for the first time I read a catechism that enabled me to understand the scriptures a lot better. And so I realized, you know, it took coming to America to run into the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and hearing the gospel in all its truth and purity. And I go, so, you know, when we talk about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, first of all, we need to remember that a lot of the people that need to hear this gospel are right on our doorsteps. They have left their country, and they are in our country now, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of the people that really need to hear the gospel is right here at our doorsteps. And that through the radio ministry and through... Um, the various churches that we have across um, the country, that's where we need to reach out with the gospel to people who don't really know the gospel the way we know it, you know, in all its truth and purity. And that's
0: what so, we do here at World One KFUO. Uh, Pastor, uh, speaking of which, because this is our Sherathon, I'm going to take a little Sherathon break here, and we'll be right back.
1: Okay.
3: when Luther wrote this in 1527, the bubonic plague was coming through Wittenberg and Elector John had told him to leave. And being Luther, he doesn't like being told what to do, right? Uh, He stayed and he said, no, I have a duty and obligation to provide pastoral care for those who are sick and ill. And he said, so if you have a duty and an obligation, you should stay. However, he said, if you have a weak conscience and are unable to do so, uh, you can't stay because you just, you can't handle it. Well, as long as you provide somebody else who can provide these resources, it's okay for you to go. And he, he, he mentions this about all sorts of different people. Government officials, he says, also have a duty and an obligation to stay, to make sure that the people are provided for, um, you know, businesses, if, if their food is needed, these type of things have a duty and obligation to care for their neighbor, um, if by weak of faith they have to leave as long as they provide somebody else to care for them. Uh, That's something certainly that they can do. It's also important to realize that part of our vocation as as husbands and wives and, and, uh, and those who care for children, I'm thinking, Pastor Ferry has six children, I have seven children. Uh, part of our duty is also to care for our family. So um, as you mentioned earlier, I, th- I believe your grandfather sent his children away, his family mm-hmm. away while he stayed to care and minister for those in need. And I certainly think that that's an appropriate action where we might send our families away to a safe place while we stay and continue to ensure that the proclamation of the gospel continues and that people are prepared to die, uh, to, to die in the faith.
4: Our phone lines are open. Please call and support the worldwide ministry of KFUO now at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727.
0: Well, we're back, Worldwide KFUO. I'm Kip Allen, the host of Let's Talk. The pastor is in, and the pastor who is in today is Pastor Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. Pastor, you had mentioned that uh, the first time that you went to an LCMS church in in New York was when, uh, that's when you really heard the gospel message for the first time. You know, that's one of the things that we do here specifically at KFUO. We try to get that gospel message out. I mean, just look at our our daily programming. Uh, We start at morning, 7 o'clock, with morning prayer. A ratio comes right after that. Uh, Sharper Iron, where two pastors really discuss the intricate and and very important parts of verse. Coffee Hour, which is a little bit of a laid-back but very informative program. Law and Gospel with Tom Baker, who used to be at St. James, who is a... (laughs) <laughs> the gospel is really complicated. He knows it inside and out. Daily chapel, thy strong word, uh, moments of assurance, sacred music—the whole, the whole programming that we do here is aimed at sharing that wonderful gospel message. And this is part of what I think is our duty as as Christians, and especially as Lutherans, because there is so much heretical—perhaps it's a wrong word, but at least incorrect. Of false doctrine being spread, this is what we need to do.
1: Right, right, right. And you know, even though you know, I never met Lutherans in Jamaica. Um, later on in life, I realized that there were uh, there was there is now a mission, a Lutheran LCMS mission in Jamaica. And I was wondering, well, how did it get there? Um, and I was invited to visit that mission by um, Pastor Theodore Cray and Pastor uh, St. Ange who wanted me to visit this the, the Lutheran mission in Jamaica. And uh, just from visiting the mission and talking with them, I realized that the mission actually got planted there because of Lutheran Our ministry. Ah. Jamaicans were hearing, the, hearing our message on the radio and uh, they were able, from the radio ministry, to actually plant a mission eventually in Jamaica. In fact, they, um, the pastor that is serving that mission is a pastor from uh, Nigeria <laughs> uh, by the name of Pastor Obote Ite and i had the pleasure of meeting him a, a couple of times and uh one of the things he told me was uh once the the mission that he inherited was in um, new kingston but because the hunger for that gospel that pure gospel that the lutherans planted in jamaica there was so much a hunger for it he was able to start a second mission in downtown Kingston. Wow. And not only that, someone in the country, miles away, reached out to him and go, are you with the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? And he said, yes. And the person said, we've been hearing the Missouri Synod gospel on the radio, and we want to join your church. But, of course, this person lived far away, so now he ended up starting a third mission (laughs) far (laughs) out into the country, you know? And that's amazing that the radio ministry led to that much um, churches, um, Lutheran churches being started in Jamaica. I didn't get to visit the church out in the country, that was new, but I got to visit the one in downtown Kingston, And the one in New Kingston that he inherited. And I was amazed that even the one downtown Kingston um, have more members than St. James. (laughs) 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 More members than St. James. And they also started this um, school. It looks like there's a school attached to it where there are a lot of children from downtown Kingston that attend that school. And uh, Pastor Ite um, had me visit the school, um, I think, the Monday after that Sunday when I preached. And it was just so amazing. I saw all these little kids just ran up to me. I was supposed to be this visitor, visiting pastor. They just ran up to me and just hugged me. (laughs) And uh, it it was just so amazing to see uh, what he was able to accomplish. And he's not even Jamaican. You wonder, well, how did you hear the, 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 the gospel message from all the way in Nigeria? Well, I imagine that between missionaries traveling to Nigeria and probably our radio program is uh, what have been able to create uh, Lutherans in places like Nigeria, even Uganda. I um, have a couple of friends on Facebook that are Missouri Synod Lutherans, and they are Ugandans. Well, oh, we're very active um, so, in Africa. Yes, so you know, in Africa, in Uganda, in Nigeria, and in Jamaica. I don't know if you know, um, Pastor um, Pastor Peter Kirby. Uh, he and I were at the seminary at the same time. I think my first year at the seminary was his last year, and uh, he had always had an interest in um, in foreign missions. So he was actually sent to that mission in Jamaica for a couple of years um before Pastor Ite got there. And uh <laughs> I remember meeting him a couple of years ago after he came back and I said, Well, how did your your children adjust to to Jamaica? and he said, Well, <laughs> um, they can speak Jamaican now. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: um so, you know, that the radio ministry has enabled so much, um, so much of the spreading of the gospel to places that I imagine um, Lutherans probably never heard of.
0: <laughs> well, you know, something that you said really impressed me, uh, and that was about how uh, the, the, church, the people in Jamaica were listening to the Lutheran Hour. You know, and this yes. is what this is what we're talking about here, because you know we bear the Lutheran Hour for for many, many, many years, and uh, in fact, heck, I remember listening to it when I was a kid, and that's more years ago than I care to admit, and I know it goes back even farther than that. But this is part of what we are trying to do, is that, uh, and I think successfully, but it, it's something that we have to continue to do because this is what we're called upon. Remember the the, the Grand Commission to make disciples of the nations. And yes. that's what we that's what we are doing because we do have a pure gospel message and we can get it out there for free to people to hear. But we need help to keep it going.
1: Yes, yes. So I think what you guys do at KFUO is um is so important, so necessary in this time. Um because like I said as a child growing up I never heard that gospel message and all its truth and purity. I just grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and it's after being in an America and becoming an adult that I found out that eventually, eventually, you know, the the Lutheran Church was able to get its um, its uh, its word into into Jamaica and able to start um, two or three missions um, right there in Jamaica. So. This is just important work. This is just the important way of spreading a very good tool, I would say, a very important tool to use um, in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, again, we have it in all its truth and purity. That's what's important. Again, as a child, I heard Billy Graham on the radio. And, you know, as much as he preaches the gospel, yet, you know, you hear that decision theology, When we come with our message, we come with a message of the theology of the cross, that we are justified because of what Christ did Mm -hmm. when he was lifted up on the cross for us. That's the message we come with. We don't tell people that you have to decide or you have to give your life to Christ. No, he is the one who gave his life for you, and he is now calling you out of the world into his church. Um, We have a much better message, I think, to to proclaim, and it's important that it be heard. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I look at so many churches today, and they're going into, uh, say, the prosperity movement, prosperity uh, gospel, or so many of the other churches are are going into uh, a societal type thing. Well, gee, you know, uh, I know these people are sinners, but, you know, let's, let's let them go in anyway, even though they don't have to repent. And they bend the gospel, or they ignore the gospel. And that that is a sin, and I mean that in the in the literal in the literal sense of that word. You know, the Bible is what it is. It says what it says. It is the inspired word of God. We know that. There's no question. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's where we we stand tall. You know, this this is what we believe. Like Luther said, here I stand. I can do no other. That's what we're doing here. That's yeah. one reason why I'm a Lutheran.
1: Yes yes, and we certainly don't you know when we when you start changing the gospel, when you start altering the gospel, for me, it's like taking trying to take God's right hand and put it behind his back, you know yeah uh, you know, which which shouldn't be done, you know um you know, because you know we we sometimes talk about the two kingdoms you know or the two mm-hmm. hands, the right hand kingdom and the left hand kingdom. And, of course, the right-hand kingdom is the church, and the left-hand kingdom is, is government. You know, God instituted government uh, to, to, re, to reward good behavior and, and punish bad behavior. And when you look at our world, you realize that there is this tendency to want to take those two kingdoms or those two hands of God and put them behind him and, and handcuff him, you know, um, and how do you do that? You do that by changing the gospel message so mm-hmm. that it is so that it is not the gospel of Jesus and him crucified. It is not about justification um, in Christ lifted up on the cross. You try to change that. And then, of course, if you use government to do the opposite, to punish good behavior and reward bad behavior, then, you know, it's like taking... God's two hands behind him and and then handcuffing him. Well what do you think would happen to our society if that were to happen? Oh, we would... I don't
0: like to think about it. But it's happening unfortunately. But you know it's 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 the word alone, it's faith alone and it's grace yes. alone. We know that. And it's grace alone. No yes. Time for another break here pastor and we'll be right back. Yes.
4: And seven years ago, Taking only two minutes to deliver, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address on November 19th, 1863 is considered one of the most stirring speeches in American history. The Gettysburg Address contains biblical themes and phrases throughout, with references to John 3 and Psalm 90 in the text. It was said in his speeches, and especially in the Gettysburg Address, he imitated the language of the familiar King James Bible.
0: Historian Ronald White, author of another Lincoln biography as well as two other books on his life, has closely examined Lincoln's speech. He said, Lincoln's audience would have known the biblical allusions in the address, the intonations of the 17th century King James Bible, which by then had been shaping the English language for more than two
4: centuries. Engage with the Bible in the influence of its rich history. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. If you enjoy our talk programs, please call and support KFUO at 314-821-0850 or toll free 1-800-730-2727.
0: You're listening to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Guest pastor today is Wayne Lawrence from St. James Lutheran Church in University City. And this is our Share a Thought program. This is our Share a Thought week. This is the the main fundraiser that we have to keep kfuo on the air as we have been for the past 96 years spreading and preaching the word and the cool true gospel without having it uh, without having it distorted as you hear in so many other places so, here we are again, Pastor
1: <laughs> Yes yes uh you know i I was also thinking something about our present world, our present condition
2: mhm um,
1: you know is it what makes this message even so important now? You know we are going through this uh this pandemic
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh social unrest it, it, you know, Oh, it just reminds us of just how fragile our world is, just how broken our world is. That's right. You know? And you know that is that is where the gospel message becomes important. You know, because until we understand our brokenness, then we don't understand our need for Christ a saviour. Mm-hmm. You know, a one who brings healing, a one who brings forgiveness, one who brings us hope, a one who brings eternal life. Um, that message isn't uh, doesn't come across as well until you understand your utter sinfulness or your brokenness. And I think, you know, this message is so important now because uh, we're in a time where the sinfulness of man is so obvious. Mm-hmm. How fragile our world is! How broken our world is! Is right before our very eyes. You know, a lot of the the, the rioters or the protesters or whether they call themselves um, Black Lives Matter or Antifa or whatever, they are spreading a different message. It's as if it's as if their message is: we can tear everything down and build something. Better, and what that brings to mind is that that old incident in the Bible about the Tower of Babel
0: yeah, absolutely, and you know it's you know with
1: <laughs> yeah, oh. the Tower of Babel, what were they trying to do yeah. well how you many know, How many times
0: have you heard a person say well i 'm perfect just the way I am' And they will use this as an excuse for their own sinful nature, or they will deny the sinful nature. And that's what you have just pointed out, is we are broken. We are not perfect. What's more is that sometimes people will say, well, you know, humanity can be perfected. Society can be perfected, turned into perfect. No, it cannot. We are inherently sinful. We are inherently broken. What we can do is listen to the inspired word and strive to do better. We'll never attain it. You know, that's not within us. Jesus made the sacrifice for us.
1: Right, right. Yeah, but also if you look back at the Tower of Babel, what was man trying to do? People focused more on the building. You know, they were building this, this tower towards heaven. But the important thing is that they were trying to make a name for themselves. You know, the whole idea was that let's dethrone God <laughs> and let's make a name for ourselves. Man, become his own god. Mm. And you go, if you know, if that's what they were trying to do then, and it didn't work. Why do they think they could do it now and get it to work? The old Adam, (laughs) the old Adam, you know. And so you look at, you know, you look at what they are trying to do, and it makes you think of, um, makes one think of, of um, the Tower of Babel and man making a name for himself. Because in a sense, that's what socialism is trying to do. It is try. It's man again trying to make a name for himself. You know, it's man trying to create an earthly utopia without realizing that, no, this pandemic and everything shows us, again, just how broken our world is, just how fragile and broken it is, and more than that, just how brutish man really is. He is not good. In order for man to create an earthly utopia, He would have to be good (laughs) and Uh, he is not good you know and uh, why because he's not god only god is good you know and so this idea that they can create this earthly utopia you look at it and you go no it 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 is not achievable
0: no and And what's more is there's always a, a horrible price to pay for those who try it i mean look for example the communist regime their belief was that well, they can make this wonderful utopia. Even the Nazis have their own version of what utopia was. Uh, we see it with the, uh, the eugenicist movement of the uh, turn of the last century. You know, horrible things happen. Every time a group or a society or a country decides that they know how to make perfection here on earth, they know utopia. Every time they try it, it ends up with death and misery.
1: Exactly. Misery for so many people. And that is why you have sometimes, you know, you hear of people in Venezuela screaming out to Americans and go, you don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't want to do this. Look at what has happened to us. You don't want to try this. You know, you hear that a lot. As I mentioned um, on our, the last time we spoke, this um, Russian woman that I spoke with um, the other day. And, uh, you know, you heard the same message from her. For her, it's like, I left Russia for America, you know, because that country, you know, what they were trying to do, all this socialized stuff, it just doesn't work. And she said, why are we trying that here? It's not, it never worked and it will never work. So, you know, you get this impression that there's a message out there that wants to, again, rebuild this Tower of Babel then, sort of have this earthly utopia, and it's the wrong message. And so I think that our message is so important, especially at this time, because we need to point to the brutishness of man. We need to point out just how broken our world is. Just how broken we are. And why do we want to do that? Not because we want to create despair, but because we want people to look at our Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, know, for example, when we teach um, catechism, why do we teach the second use of the law? We teach the second use of the law so that we can prepare our people to understand the preciousness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Without it, we have nothing. Without it, we are we're doomed. But with it, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have eternal life. And we have a better way to look at the world. We have a better way to approach the world. You know, in other words, you know, you're not going to have peace on earth unless you have peace with God. So you know, true. if you don't have peace, peace has to be vertical before it can begin to be horizontal. We have to have peace with God first. And when you look at uh, the pandemic and you look at the rioters and you look at the protesters, you go, is that peace with God? Then if that is not peace with God, then you will never achieve peace on earth. Uh, And, you know, I I think our message is especially crucial for this time as we go through this um, pandemic in our world. It is just crucial that they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ loudly and clearly. And one of the tools we have, again, is KFUO, um, our radio ministry, our churches. You know, a lot of churches have this um, sign um, when you're leaving the premises, and it says uh, you're entering the mission field. And, you know, that message should never be seen as trite because it is true. You know, when we go to church, we come together with the people who have been called out of the world. And, yes, when we leave church, where are we going? We are sort of going back into the world, into the mission field. To do what? To call others out of the world. And that's the mission of all of us Christians. As you mentioned it earlier in Matthew 28, what does Jesus say? Go and make disciples of all nations. Mm Mm-hmm baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's something the church needs to remember too. You know, in this time, I think sometimes people are frightened, they feel forsaken, they feel abandoned. Um, Who's going to protect us? Who's going to defend us? And, you know, it's also a time for Christians to hear again um in the in the Gospel message that God is not Christ has not abandoned us. He promised to be with us to the end of the age, and he is with us, and He will be with us until the end of the age so uh, on the one hand, yes, this message is for those outside the church, those that we want to call out of the world, but also it is a message that is for those who are those those who are a part of the church. You know again, to be a source of encouragement for us, so we reach those on our doorsteps, we reach those who are overseas, and yes, we are also talking to those inside the church um to be a source of encouragement for them. you know that's why i you know and i'm I'm so glad that we are able to reopen church and try to encourage our members who have um, self-quarantined for the last Mm -hmm. couple of months, try to encourage them now to come back. Uh, Because it is so important that we also be a source of encouragement for each other. We need to come together, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, We should never forsake the gathering of each other and for the, the breaking of bread and that's how we are built up in our most holy faith is when we come together for worship so yes this is not only for those outside the church it is also for those inside the church but again especially in this time as we again have to deal with this pandemic and people who are frightened and maybe even feel abandoned wondering who is going to protect them you know sometimes we want to lean on government and feel like government mm-hmm. should do everything and uh, God instituted government, yes, to, um, to punish bad behavior and reward good behavior. Um, but also, you know, there is that right-hand kingdom, the church, where we are encouraged that the Lord is with us, that he is the one that is ultimately in control. So, yeah,
0: this is. Uh... <laughs> you're 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 right. You know, and I was one of those people who uh, who uh, self quarantined, as you as you're aware. I w- I was not at church for, uh, gosh, probably about two months, uh, and I did attend last Sunday, and just to hear the confession and absolution, and then the holy supper. Oh my yes. gosh. Oh, what a relief it was to be able to hear those words again.
1: Yes, yes. And even during the pandemic, which is why, you know, I said to a lot of our members, I said, those who are, those who want to come out during the pandemic, I will be here for you. And uh, seven or ten of them would show up on a Sunday without masks. <laughs> you,
2: <know? laughs> you, know?
1: you know, nobody hugged, nobody shook hands, you know, we kept our distance and of course with 7 or 10 people, you can sit more than 6 feet apart if you want, you know. <laughs> so we observed the social distancing, but 7 or 10 would show up on a Sunday and I would be there for them and we would worship and uh, uh, we would have the Lord's Supper and uh, I tell you, it uh, it made such a difference. It made such a difference um, as you go through the week and you keep hearing the bad news. You know, every time you turn on mm-hmm. the television, you know you hear of you know how many more people died, how many more people are infected. You know, you hear of the protesting, you hear of the rioting, and you know that message out there can be so depressing and you know lead people to despair. And that's why you need so, to hear the gospel to know. And that them, the, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well,
0: we got so we to take another break here, but we're going to be right back.
4: Did you know that for over 40 years, Lutheran Church Extension Fund has had the humble privilege of supporting Lutheran Church Missouri Synod Ministries with low-cost loans and resources? This is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Because of faithful investors like you, we've been able to help church workers, congregations, schools, and organizations. To learn how you can get involved, call 800-843-8233. Please consider becoming a day sponsor during our share Call 314-821-0850 or toll-free 1-800-730-2727.
0: Welcome back to Let's Talk the Pastor is In. I'm program host Kip Allen, guest pastor today, Wayne Lawrence, St. James Lutheran Church in St. Louis, actually University City, Missouri. So we're entering in the final 15 minutes of the program, Pastor. and, you know, the whole theme has been that you and I as individuals, as Lutherans, you as an ordained minister, me just as a layman, we are all under that obligation to bear witness to the gospel. And this is what we do, is we, we use these tools that are available to us to get that gospel message out. Like you, you mentioned, for example, how uh, the Lutheran Hour program led to actually establishing Lutheran churches in in Jamaica, that's amazing.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Um, you know <laughs> and one of the, the, the beauty about our program too is um the way we share the message, you know? And I mentioned this to someone on on Messenger. We have these people on Facebook and they you know, they like to send you attachments or videos and uh One gentleman, um, he always sends me some good videos. And so we got to talking back and forth. And, um, you know, one of the things he mentioned to me, he said, um, I am all for spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And he says, but, boy, I I need some help because I stumble a lot. Uh. Oh, yeah. I stumble a lot, he said. And I thought, "Wow, well, that's just an opportunity he gave me. And now I wrote back to him and I said, "Isn't that the reason is not that the reason why we use the pronoun "we" instead of the pronoun You?" Mm-hmm. When we preach the gospel to others, we are not saying to them, "You are a sinner, and you need Jesus." That's not what we're saying. No. We're saying, we are sinners. We need Jesus. And that's... You know, when we get to the law part of it, we put ourselves in the same boat with them. It's not they are sinners. It's we are sinners. Mm -hmm. It's not they are broken. It's we are a broken people. You know? And we all need Jesus. You know, I'm I'm not going to church because I am a good person. No, No, I go to church because I am a sinner. (laughs) You know, you know, I I often, you know, it's often often amazing that I stand there and turn around and pronounce this absolution. And I have to often just stop and remind myself, you know, there's that pause right after the confession. Mm -hmm. There's that pause. And uh, I observe that pause for a reason because it's time for me to also reflect that not only the congregation behind me, they're not the only sinners. The one up here in the chancel is also a sinner. And when I turn around and pronounce that absolution, that absolution is not only for them, that absolution is also for me. Mm -hmm. You know, and so when we go with that message, which is one of the beauty about the way we preach the gospel in the radio and in our churches, we don't go out there telling people that, you know, you are a sinner, you need to repent. We are sinners. We We need to repent. You know, Um, we need Jesus. And uh, I was glad for that opportunity to share that again with him. Because his response to his response to when to, to when I when I responded to his email, um, and he responded back by just saying, oh, "Amen." <laughs> 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 he responded by just saying, oh, "Amen" to that message. So you got and through just, him. <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah, I think too often, you know, that's what happened to our people. We real, you know, we feel like, you know, who am I to? to go and preach the gospel to someone, you know? I'm such a a terrible sinner, too. And he's like, well, of course. You know, God didn't choose us. He didn't call me into ministry because I'm such a wonderful person. No, he called me into ministry because I'm a terrible person. Look at St. Paul. You know, St. Paul was an apostle. And what was he before that? A man who persecuted even the church. Um, So, no, the Lord isn't calling us because we are such wonderful people, but he's using vessels, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, fragile vessels, you know, like us, people that are just as sinful as the people we are called to preach the gospel to. And so when we go to them, yes, you know, we have that, we have the best message, I believe, you know, (laughs) and we have the best message. He says it's about sin and grace, and we can't. You know, you know the thing is when you when you look at some of the, the the purging that's going on out there, you get the impression sometimes that these people are are saying, the people of the past are bad, but we are good. <laughs> Everybody's they were bad. sinners and we are not. And you know what people that do that have a tendency to try and step on others so that they can feel better about themselves. Yeah. I don't need to step on anybody to feel good about myself. You know, I know what I am as a sinner, and it is the grace of God that makes me feel better. My comfort, my hope, is when I hear that gospel of forgiveness and that love of God that sent Jesus to the cross for me. That's where my comfort is. That's what makes me feel better not trying to step on someone else. And so you look at all the pulling down of the statues and you go, what are you trying to do? It's as if we are trying to purge anything that reminds us of how sinful, you know, we were. And you go, but look in the Bible. You know, one of the things about the Bible is that it never um, excused the sinfulness of even some of the saints, Oh that is so you true.
0: Know? I I got into a, <laughs> I got into a discussion not too long ago with a uh, an acquaintance of mine and the fellow is openly gay uh, as, uh had, makes no bones about it. Uh he is a member of a church however, one of the d- major denominations that says yeah, hey, that's okay. And uh I remember he he sent me an email. We were debating the sinfulness and he sent me a uh, an email saying, you know, uh uh, where Jesus said, uh, uh, "Excuse me," where, where he said, "You know, Jesus uh, associated with the uh, with the horrors, with the tax collectors, with yeah, the, the evil people." the and the sinners. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. uh, said, "So if he, he he did this, why can't I do this too?" And I I replied to him because Jesus said, "Go and sin no more; not go and sin some more." <laughs>
1: that's right and the thing is jesus went among those people because those are the people he came to save right right yeah he came to save those people what did he say to the pharisees he says it's not the well that need a physician it's the sick (laughs) you know
0: and so many of these people refuse to admit that they're sick. They don't want to hear that message that they are not perfect, that they are okay.
1: They aren't. Right. And that's where the pure
0: gospel comes in.
1: Yes. And that's what I hear from these rioters. You know, they are trying to purge anything that reminds them of how sinful man has been. And Mm. it's like, no, we don't need to do that. We need to remember what we are. They stand as monuments of just how brutish man can be, you know? In the Bible, when you read about Peter, you know, what does Jesus say to Peter one of the time? He says, get behind me, Satan, you know? Or you read of Paul and, and Peter arguing about, you know, wait a minute, you know, before these other Jews came, you used to hang out with the Gentiles, but now these Jews come and you are, you know, disassociating yourself from the Gentiles. Those things stand as monuments to the sinfulness of man, And when you read those things, you contrast in the Bible the sinfulness of man with the righteousness of God, the sinfulness of man and a forgiving God. So the idea is not to step on others to feel better about yourself or to try and purge anything that reminds you of sin. That's not the idea. It's to look at it and go, man, I can't believe that is what we were. Thank God for Jesus that we are not like that anymore, you know, that, you know, we we no longer practice um, slavery. We no longer practice racism. Again, I still don't believe this this business that there is a systemic racism. I don't really believe it. I just, I believe that's a big lie that is being told, you know, but at the same time, racism did happen. It still happens. You know, and it's something that we all should repent of and remember. And remember that, yeah, and remember, yeah. Don't try to say, yeah. It's not a matter of making excuses and purging. It's a matter of confessing and receiving the forgiveness of sins and the comfort that comes with that forgiveness of sins. Because when God forgives us, you know, they said, "Those whom God justify, He also sanctify." You know, God forgives us. And that we respond. He calls us to respond with a life of thanksgiving, a life that is pleasing to him and beneficial for us. And so the idea is not to purge, but to, again, confess and receive. And that, again, is why our message is so crucial. We need to remind, again, our people and just people out there in the world that, yes, we are sinful. But guess what? We have a God who died for us, died for those sins, died for the sins I committed yesterday, died for the sins I committed today, and yes, died for the sins I'm going to commit tomorrow. Um, Thanks be to God in Jesus that we have this forgiveness of sins and a call to live a life of gratitude to God. You know, we have a wonderful message, and I'm Glad for Luther in our ministry. I'm glad for KFUO and what we do. And I you know, pray that we just continue to do how many years? Ninety six years? Let's do it for another ninety six years unless the Lord comes back first. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, amen to that, Pastor. Yeah, we're I wanna we're just at the just end of it, but you got about twenty seconds.
1: Yes, let me just say a prayer for those outside the church. Please do. Lord, we lift up before you those who are outside the church. We pray, O Lord, that you would keep us mindful that you desire not the death of sinners, but that you would have them all repent and live. And we ask O Lord, that you would hear our prayers for those outside the church, that you would take away their iniquity, that you would turn them from the false gods to you, the living and true God, and that you would gather them also into your holy church, to the glory of your name. Amen.
4: Amen indeed. And easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening
2: and supporting The Pastor is In on Worldwide KFUO.